We often hear people wishing us a long, happy, and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who made changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Today's guest is Matt Odie. From cancer to coma, at the age of 24, Matt was diagnosed with stage 3 testicular cancer. After chemotherapy and a very complicated surgery to remove the remaining cancer from his body, Matt encountered various complications. He was under the watch and care of the ICU for over 40 days and then the Cleveland Clinic for 53 days, where he was met with a number of near-death experiences, including five major surgeries causing a large open wound on his stomach. For two weeks, he laid non-responsive in a coma, met with complete kidney and liver failure, and went into cardiac arrest where nurses performed eight minutes of CPR to bring him back to life. Doctors didn't know if and when he would awake. Informing his family and the girlfriend he would likely be on dialysis the rest of his life, having to relearn everyday tasks like eating and walking again. Prior to the diagnosis and subsequent treatment, Matt was a healthy personal trainer weighing in at 185 pounds, but this disease wrecked havoc on his body. In the matter of eight months, he dwindled down to a mere 110 pounds. Fast forward years after, with hard work and deep internal discovery, Matt is as vibrant, enthusiastic, and energetic as ever, helping individuals transform their mind, body, and spirit as a transformation coach and highly sought-after keynote inspirational speaker. Welcome, Matt Odie, to the show. Hi, Matt. Hey, Anita. Thank you for having me. Excited to oh, be on today. I'm so excited to have you as one of my first guests on our Live the Width of Your Life podcast. And uh, it is such an honor and a privilege to have you here because I think that your story is so inspirational and motivating. And I know that everyone who listens to it today is going to be able to take away many things and apply it to their own life. So with that, I want to get started. For those that don't know you, just if you could share a little bit more about your background and um, something that happened in your own life that um, maybe was unexpected. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about me before um, I was diagnosed with cancer, you know, I've always been very active. I would say that health has been a massive part of my life in all areas. You know, I growing up, I did, you know, all different types of sports. I mean, you name it, I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball, I ran cross country, I did every genre. And then um, as I started to get into college, I really transitioned into more like weight training. And that's where I think like my overall optimal health kind of came into play. So like where I started to focus on my nutrition, I started to focus on, you know, obviously movement, mobility, strength training, all of those aspects. And then in addition, I started to, you know, just focus on general health and, you know, overall. So that's where I kind of got into like really figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. But, um, you know, little did I know, this was also setting me up for something so much bigger in my life as well. And it was a massive part of saving my life too. 
And, um, you know, before we really get into my, you know, journey with cancer, I always tell people, you know, I, I pray to God you never get diagnosed with anything crazy like that. But it is so important to take care of yourself, your mental health, your physical health, um, everything in between, because you never know what could happen or what could unexpectedly happen in your life. So by taking care of the things you can control, by eating the right foods, working out, getting enough sleep, hydrating yourself, you'll be amazed at how your body will react to anything else that kind of comes your way. Oh my God, such great advice. And it's actually, it's unique for someone at a young age to recognize that. So we are going to talk a little bit about um, your cancer diagnosis. So at the age of 24, you were diagnosed with cancer. And for many young people at that stage of their life, they, did you feel like you were invincible? Did you have certain dreams for your life? Tell us what you were doing and thinking about before you got the diagnosis. Absolutely. So I was in the absolute best shape of my life right before I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I had finally like really taken control of everything. And all of a sudden, um, you know, I just started dating my now fiance at the time, but I just started dating her at the time. Um, her name's Lauren. And we were doing all these summer activities. We were hiking, kayaking, you know, doing all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, I kind of started to notice these minor back pains. But you're 24 years old, you know, you just shrug that off. I'm fine. It's probably from weightlifting or just being extremely active. And it just kept getting worse and it kept getting worse and worse. And the worse it got, the more stubborn I got as well. You know, I wouldn't go to a doctor. I maybe tried a chiropractor here and there, but nothing was helping. And all of a sudden, about two months, um, you know, since my symptoms. So it started roughly around June and all the way into August. I was over Lauren's house and I ended up puking up blood and I ended up getting rushed to the emergency room. They did a blood test on me and found out that I had lost two thirds of the blood circulating in my body. And immediately I was given six bags of blood and rushed into an emergency surgery to figure out what was causing this bleeding. And at the time they're thinking, you know, it's probably an ulcer. We'll get it taken care of and you'll be okay the next morning and we'll get you out of there. So the next morning I wake up, I'm in the recovery room and I just remember it's just me and my parents at the time. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm ready to go home. And um, all of a sudden the doctor walks in, I look at him and he just has this blank stare in his eyes. And I knew right away that it was much more than an ulcer. And what he did is he walked over to me he sat down, he grabbed my hand and he goes, Matt, we have found an 11 centimeter tumor in your small intestine. We know it is cancerous. We just don't know what type yet. And we're going to have to rush you from our local hospital here in Medina, Ohio to the main campus of our Cleveland clinic immediately to figure out what cancer is causing this um, you know, tumor growth. And all I can say is I just remember looking over at my parents, seeing them crying and immediately instead of breaking down, I felt like being this man that I had to hold in my emotions and be this strong individual. And, you know, we can dive into that in a sec, but it was actually the wrong thing to do. And I, I think when it comes to challenging news or difficult news in life, um, especially men out there, we have a tough time of expressing what we're feeling or what we're going through. And it can lead to a lot more anxiety or PTSD or depression because we feel like we have to be this strong individual when really, in reality, being vulnerable and being willing to open up when you need to 
is possibly the most beneficial way of helping you through current situations, especially mentally. Mm-hmm. No, that's so interesting. When did you recognize that um, in the moment you said you were stoic, you felt like you had to respond, be very strong, maybe for your parents, maybe because that's what you felt like you needed to do. So what changed? When did you recognize that you didn't need to respond that way in all circumstances? Yeah, great question. It was actually when, um, so Lauren had already known the news, but she had not come and seen me yet. And finally, a few days later, when she did arrive to come and see me, I just remember, like, first off, I was super nervous because we were only two months into this relationship. And, you know, I knew that was a heavy, heavy burden to be putting on here. So if she was like, hey, listen, like, this is just too much. It's just, you know, we're too early in this relationship. I understood it, but total opposite. And I just remember us just seeing each other and I just we gave each other a massive hug. And right then and there, like, I knew she was just going to stick with me the whole time. And I just ended up breaking down and crying. And I think I needed somebody that I could feel like I could be vulnerable around and just let go. And I'll tell you right now, a ton of weight was lifted off my shoulders because getting out a good cry is one of the most like therapeutic things you can do. And I'll tell you right there, I cried a lot more after that. But that was like the very first time of really expressing my emotions and what was you know, I was feeling. And the cool part about that was, I then didn't have to worry about how do I stay strong for this person? Or how do I do this? And I could focus on myself. And what do I need to do to heal myself moving forward? That is the key is when you can finally be vulnerable and release those emotions, you can then say, how do I take actionable steps to healing myself? And that was the moment I was able to do that. Yeah. Um, Well, And it's wonderful that this is such an amazing love story. I know that Lauren is your fiance and you guys will be married soon. So congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So um, let's talk about how you've been able to take this experience and apply it to what you're doing now. Because um, after you are here, you are healthy. You are a survivor, which is amazing. And now you are an inspiration and you're leveraging your experience to give back Share with the audience what you're doing today. Yeah, so very grateful is what I'll say first. I'm very appreciative of what I get to do. So first off, I've been able to share my story um, really across the world through different podcasts. I've gotten to travel to different destinations around the country and speak in person. And it's not really even just my story I get to share. The coolest part is I get to help change other people's lives who are going through challenging situations. It does not have to be cancer. It could be something in their family. It could be something in their their um, job. It can be a health-related situation, but it's more the perspective and really, you know, helping people through whatever challenge they're going through, allowing them to realize that your situation does not have to define who you are in life. Your current situation is not your final destination. Your current situation is truly a lesson to be taught in order to help you excel past where you ever were in life. And that is what cancer has actually allowed me to do. And you really do have two choices. You either can become the victim of the situation or you can become victorious of it and be the better version. Learn from it, become a better version of yourself, and then ultimately use the lessons to impact the world, impact other people. And that's what I allowed cancer to do. It's your decision and you get to say, 
whether you want to be um, a why me mentality or you get to help other people. So I get to share my story as a speaker and I also do coaching as well where I'm able to help other individuals really transform their mind and their body. You know, as being in the health field now for over 10 years, I'm able to take not just all those lessons, but also, you know, as we get into my story, rebuilding my life after cancer. You know, I mean, I went through so many near-death experiences. I was the healthiest I'd ever been dropping over 75 pounds in a matter of eight months, learning to walk again, relive my entire life. So I get to really use all of that experience to help other people just transform their body, transform their mind so they can figure out whatever they've gone through, take that, become the best version of themselves, and then find that new calling, find that new purpose in their life. So um, it's, it's a big passion of mine, but it's also something I'm very grateful for because um, I thank God every day. Me being a Christian, I just, I really thank God for everything he's given me. And um, I just try to do my best to help others. Mm, I love that so much, Matt. And um, I love turning, you know, something that could have been the most challenging and difficult experience of your life and leveraging that for good. Tell me how you got to where you are today, because I can only imagine knowing your story, knowing you were in the hospital for a long time, knowing you had these near-death experiences, knowing that you went down to 110 pounds. And tell us about your comeback. What did it look like? What were some of the challenges that beyond the physical, what were some of the other hardest things that you had to overcome that now helps propel you to be able to share what you've learned with others? Yes, great question. So you're absolutely correct. It wasn't just physical. I would say anything in life starts right here. It starts here and it starts here. First starts in your heart because you have to believe in yourself first. And believing in yourself is when you have a gut feeling or you know deep down inside, you get it right through here to start. And then it transfers over to here. And the first thing you have to eliminate is a lot of your limiting beliefs. Whether you don't think you're worthy enough of you know, becoming this person that you've always wanted to be, or whether you take other people's opinions over your heart and over what you believe God has for you or whatever you believe in. So for me, it was working through those limiting beliefs first. And once I was able to work through those limiting beliefs, I was then able to take actionable steps. And my first actionable step was I call it winning the day and it's by this, you know, um, it's by an entrepreneur that I now follow. His name's Andy Frisella. So I don't want to give myself credit for this concept, but it's something I've used just not even knowing it back then, but now it's called winning the day. And what the whole concept is, is stop overcomplicating a process and focus on how do I win the day instead of, you know, you have you, of course you have a vision, of course you have a dream, but you're not going to get there overnight. So once you start winning the day and you start winning a couple of days, guess what? You then start winning the week. And then when you start winning a couple of weeks, next thing you know, you're starting to win the month. And then after a few months and you keep winning the months, by the next year, you've totally transformed yourself. And you can look back and say, I am a totally different, better version of myself by taking actionable winning steps. And all I do is I focus on one or maybe two wins every day. You don't need 10, 20 wins. It's just one or two critical wins that's going to help you push forward. So for me, for example, when I was first you know, learning to walk and rebuild my life was I would put one lawn chair at one end of my driveway and I put another lawn chair at the other end. And I would literally get all my might up to get up and I'd walk to that lawn chair maybe 25 feet away from me. I'd sit down. I'd sit down for like two minutes. I contemplate life. I'd be like, oh my God, how am I going to get back up, get to the chair again? 
but I do it. And I put all my effort, time and energy into that one task. And guess what I do the next day? I just move that chair a little bit further and then a little bit further. And guess what happened? That chair was no longer in the driveway. That chair started going out into the sidewalk. The chair started going out into the street. And next thing you knew, I didn't need the chair anymore. I started walking a little further. I started to keep walking. And that is your, that is the best description I can say in life is it's baby steps every single day. And it's a compound effect. Those compound daily wins will turn into massive long-term results. Like when you see somebody super successful in life and it looks like they did it overnight, 99.99% of the time, you didn't see the small daily wins that they had to do consistently for months or even years at a time. So that is exactly what I did to rebuild myself. I started by having faith. Then I said, "What? how do I trust in that? How do I start working through my limiting beliefs? And then, of course, too, I will say this. You, can't, you cannot battle, fight these battles alone. You absolutely need support in life. And that is when I would rely on my family, my friends, my incredible friends. Anita, you were one of them who was just so supportive along my journey. And then, of course, Lauren, who was, you know, like an angel for me, you know, just sent down. So using your support, using your faith. And just taking actionable steps and trusting in yourself, trusting in what God has for you by just doing daily wins and compounding that over time. Oh my gosh, so true. Um, I always tell my clients the same thing too. Sometimes it's just that tiny little step that you take that is that act of faith to move forward. And then you just see all these other opportunities present themselves when you do that. Did you find that experience as well? That's it. The only way you're going to get breakthroughs in life is by taking what's called imperfect action, which means action while failing along the way. Do I still have my own limiting beliefs all the time? You can attest to this. I have them all the time. But when I when I just say, you know what, screw it, I'm going to just go for it. I know I'm going to fall flat on my face. I may look, you know, a little funny along the way, and you know, you might get a little criticism, whatever. That is when you have the breakthroughs. That is when you get the news that you've always been waiting for. Because it's not going to come through just textbooks and YouTube videos and all this. No, you have to, you can take that information, but then you have to apply it into your life. I have a little word called infobesity. It's kind of a made up word that one of my mentors taught me is it's (laughs) obtaining unnecessary information to make you feel like you're being productive to really procrastinate yourself from the hard, actionable tasks that you're afraid of doing. Don't be a person oh who, ha- who, does, who has infobesity <laughs> in your life. So it's good to obtain information, but you have to apply it into your life. And it's okay to fail. And I think what really hurts us is our whole life in, in our school system that we were taught that if we don't get A's or B's, we're failing in life. And I disagree with that concept. You know, school has good places here and there. I think there's good concepts in it. But there's also times where I think that it's actually okay to fail in certain circumstances, you have to be willing to try. You have to be willing to get dirty and get messy. And, you know, that is where all the lessons and the growth come. It's not through all success. It's through the difficult, challenging times of where you're really going to expand in life. Oh, my gosh. So true. So let's talk about your faith because you've talked about faith. You've talked about living from a place of gratitude. How has your faith and that belief helped you even not just on your journey today, but other stages of your life? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, of course it's helped me through cancer massively. Um, but it's helped me to really follow my dream in life. Now I'm telling you 
when you go after something that is scary, that is big, that is not what your family or your friends or certain people believe you can achieve, it is you and your faith. I will tell you that right now in the very, very beginning. It is you and your faith. And most people, I would say 90% of people need to see your success before they believe it. But if you ever want to do something big with your life, you must believe it before you see it. Now, there are exceptions. Of course, there's incredible people that are going to support you. Anita, you're one of them. Lauren was one of them. Like They're going to support you. But in the very, very beginning, when it's just like, I have this grand idea, but I have no idea how I'm going to achieve it. I mean, it's you and God. Like That's it. And you have to say, please like pray about it and just ask for guidance. Ask for just wisdom of where I need to go and how can I achieve these goals. And that right there, when you take imperfect action, that's when God will give you the answers. Oh my gosh. So true. Um, I love that idea. And I remember in my own story, just saying that uh, I chose to make changes in my own life when my faith was larger than my fears. And because uh, it's so true, you find the day where you just tip a little bit more on the faith side, and you're able to take that courageous action, imperfect action, right? As it always is. So what would you say now in your life you are most proud of? Oh, um, I would say I'm most proud of the fact that I've grown a stronger relationship with God. I'm being dead serious. I think that is the thing I'm most proud of, honestly. Like my mom, my dad um, is was always good at giving me a strong mindset and, and just pushing forward, but my mom instilled faith into me. And um, I, I think the most challenging times in our lives allow us to grow stronger in our faith, you know, um, if you choose to do so. And that is something I'm so grateful for and most proud of um, in that aspect. And then on top of that, the fact that I'm able to give back now and really help others who are going through challenging situations is one of the most gratifying things in the world. I think your most fulfilling um, thing that I mean, of course, like, you know, getting married, having kids, you know, those are very, very fulfilling things in life. But on top of that, you know, I think also making an impact in others' lives through something that is meaningful to you is also one of the top most fulfilling things you could ever do with yourself. And um, about a year and a half ago, I built a cancer Facebook group. Took me three months to even have the courage to build this. I had so many limiting beliefs. And today... We now have over 6,000 members who are patients, caregivers, and survivors in this group. And every single day, I get to see somebody's lives being changed or helping somebody through their journey with cancer. And that right there is so fulfilling to me because I, I was willing to take that risk and take that step to try and help and transform somebody's life. And I'm so grateful for that. I don't take anything for granted in, um, in that aspect. And um, every day is truly a blessing because I can just go onto that group. And if somebody is struggling, we there's hundreds of comments that will literally help people through whatever they're going through. I remember watching, I, I remember the day that it actually went live and uh, I started watching those numbers and couldn't believe how quickly it was growing. And I know initially when you started that community, it was going to be focused on young adults, similar to your story. Mm -hmm. And people were saying, can I join? And now it's turned into this amazing, diverse group of people in this community. Talk about community and how important it is 
to have um, a group and of people who understand you, who are sharing with you, who are supporting you, helping you along the way um, from your experience and also what you're witnessing with your Facebook group. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think community is everything. Um, you know, I think having family and friends are absolutely incredible. But when it, you go through really challenging situations in life, sometimes they may not be able to relate to that situation. And that is the power of this community of as everyone is going through cancer in some way, whether you're a caregiver, patient or survivor, and they can relate in that aspect. And the power of having somebody that you can either relate to or somebody who's already been there and done what you're trying to accomplish and you can start to figure out how did they get to that destination or what are the steps they took to heal themselves or to become successful in life, that right there is the key to anything that, you know, any type of success or any type of breakthroughs you want in life. You know, for me, the, o- the only way I was able to truly get started, of course, was faith, but to get started was I found an entrepreneur named Ed Milet. And Ed Milet, was, uh, he has this podcast. Well, it, actually, I found him on a different podcast that he was um, not the host on, but he was a guest on. And his podcast was called um, Broke to 400 Million. And this was just like about two years after cancer. I'm like, I want to be successful. I want to do all these things. And I started watching motivational YouTube videos. So I'm like, this is an awesome video. I'm like, how do you get all this money? Not one time did he talk about how he got the money. It was actually all about the struggles, the pain, and all of the adversity he was able to overcome to become where he's at in life. And that was like, oh my gosh, how do I get involved in his community? Started to figure out, you know, his community, what he does. And right at that moment, he had a group called Arate Syndicate that he had just started. And it was a group of entrepreneurs. And I'm like, sign me up, I'm in. And I jumped in that group. And that right there, that community was what allowed me to start having the courage to start speaking, having the courage to start coaching. You are the average of the five people that you are around the most. So if you are around people who are negative all the time, doing, um, you're drinking every single weekend, just, you know, not having any ambition or goals in life, that is who you're going to become. Now, if you're with people who are goal oriented, want to do something better with their lives, want to help you succeed, are going to be supportive of you. Guess who you're going to become? You're going to start becoming that type of person and you're going to start having those thoughts and those actions towards your goals. So my cancer group was all about having people who are relatable to each other, but also supportive in saying, I understand what you're feeling because I was in your shoes not too long ago, but I'm going to help you get out of the situation. Because unfortunately, as much as I love my mom, as much as I love Lauren and my father, they they, they never went through actual cancer. They So it was hard for them to relate to some of those things where I could talk to other testicular survivors, other testicular patients and help them or they could help me through whatever challenge I was going through. So there's a lot of different aspects. It was from a cancer aspect and also from an entrepreneur aspect now of me going to where I want to be in life. So just know out there when you're listening to this, wherever you want to go in life, you must surround yourself with that type of people. Somebody who has already done what you're trying to accomplish and start figuring out from literally from how they started from day one and where they started going to where they are today. And then surround yourself with people who are on the same journey and the same mission as you. Oh my gosh, such great advice. It's so true. Iron sharpens iron, right? And uh, it's so important to surround ourselves with people that we admire, respect, and they're doing things we want to do, but also people who have the energy that you want to be around, right? Because you gravitate towards that. 
So talk to me a little bit about um, how this perspective has changed you. Has it changed any relationships or anything else in life in terms of how you approach things? Yeah, big time. Um, well, first, you know, going through cancer, it really changed me and Lauren's relationship. I will say that, like, we went from, like, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend to now, like, in a matter of a year, like, holy cow, like, if we can get through this, like, I'm pretty sure we can get through almost anything, you know, it was a big change. But the, tr the struggle was, though, we never truly, I felt like, really got to be boyfriend and girlfriend. So that was the only struggle that we really kind of had at that time was like, that next year after a full year of recovery, probably even more, then we could finally start like becoming boyfriend and girlfriend again, because there's a lot of her taking care of me or uh, just trying to recover through this whole entire, you know, traumatic experience. So that was a challenge um, for sure. But I would also say, you know, I, when I, it wasn't during cancer, it's the crazy part, it wasn't during cancer. It was when I said I wanted to do something bigger with my life. And I started surrounding myself with other young adults who are trying to become entrepreneurs who are, you know, trying to do something. So, a, a, only a slight few. Most of my friends, super supportive, incredible. But you have that small 10% group that are upset and they think that you are like, you know, trying to kind of get out of their life because you're too good for them and things like that. And they talk behind your back. And I had to eliminate a lot of those people in my life because they weren't serving me anymore. And it hurt because they were long-term friends that I thought were going to be long-term friends. But I realized quickly that you you find their two colors when you are not doing exactly what they want you to do, kind of, you know, and, you know, if you, and unfortunately, sometimes when you'll see when you want to do something bigger, and you're not doing this to be better than anybody else, you're doing it to be a better version of yourself. Some of your friends, if they can't see themselves doing what you're trying to do, then they don't think that you can ever accomplish it. And that makes them feel like you're trying to be superior than them. And that you, you know, I, a, lot, a lot of them were like, oh, you're too good for me now because you're hanging out with your new friends and all that. And I'm like, no, you only want to drink on weekends. You still want to talk about high school glory days and you don't want to progress in life. All you care about is your, your job and you, and you, you know, you complain about it every day. I can't be around that type of energy, just like you were talking about energy. I have to be around people who are high energy, high frequency, and are truly wanting to do something better with their lives. So that right there was challenging. It was a really tough part. But when I was able to make that breakthrough, so many doors started opening up. Yeah. It reminds me, Marianne Williamson said that, uh, that there are two emotions. Usually behaviors come from two emotions, either fear or love. And so as you think about maybe sometimes people's responses, if you think of it, if um, they respond in a way that maybe isn't positive, it could be from a place of fear. And for me, that's comforting. Then I think about it is not that someone is trying to necessarily um, be combative, but maybe they're just fearful themselves. And so it, they could be maybe fear losing the relationship with you or things changing. So yeah, but it does happen. That is so true that when we start to make big changes in our lives, that sometimes other things happen positive and also sometimes negative. So what would you tell your younger version of yourself? Now you're, um, how old are you right now? 30. Okay. So what would you tell uh, a younger Matt? You know, now that over the last, you know, decade or so, you've changed a lot, you've learned a lot in life. What are some of the things that you used to sweat that you would say, 
don't worry about it. And what are the, some of the things that maybe you didn't consider or think about that you wish that you'd known when you were younger? Yeah. Um, first thing that I would say to not worry so much about is, uh, I would say, you know, letting smaller things in life control, not just your day, but let it control your weeks. Like you have an argument with somebody and you hold a grudge against them. Or, um, or I would say that, um, you know, you have a, a, a failure, like, I would definitely say this one, I would say that if I had something that um, I was embarrassed, or I felt like I was um, failing at that, I was so worried what my friends were going to think of me back then, that I wouldn't even take action towards a lot of things in life. And, I, and now I would tell them, like, your greatest breakthroughs are when you just follow your heart, like, truly, you have to be willing to look a little silly in order to really become the person you want to be most I'm telling you 90% of people don't get to where they want to be because they let other people control their life I'm telling you right now you chances are if you're listening to this and you're like I want to get to this destination the reason you're not quite there yet is because that one really scary task and I I do it all the time too is you're worried about what, what somebody you care about or somebody that really you shouldn't even care about will say about you or think about you and you think that that will be how you are defined as when that is not at all. It's it, what you should be defined as what you truly believe your intentions are and what God has for you in your life. That is the only thing. And that's what I would tell my younger self is stop constantly worrying what other people think of you and just trust in what God has for you. Get strong in your faith, take imperfect action. And if you know that deep down inside, this is, you know, you have pure intentions and you're not just doing something stupid take that risk. Please take that risk. And um, the second question, could you repeat that one one more time for me? Yeah. What um, I think the first one was, what would you tell your younger self? And then what is something that you continue to remind yourself of today? Yeah. So what I remind myself of today is, um, listen, you know, I, I know that um, I'm going to have some tough times today. I know that there's going to be some ups and downs, but um, I can also say that every single day there's something to be grateful for. I need to remind myself that there's always something to be grateful for. And, and the really cool part is, is this is what I tell people. I say, don't dwell on the past and constantly worry about the future because dwelling on the past will cause depression. Constantly worrying about the future will cause anxiety. Instead, learn from the past, be present in the moment, and then plan for the future. And when I'm able to do that, that allows me to eliminate a lot of my mental, um, you know, I guess, struggles in my life, and instead, allows me to progress forward. So I live in the present. And when I have tough days, and I say, Oh, there's a lot to be grateful for. I actually look at my past as something that is like, I could be there again, or I could have gone, I could be in that situation and look where I'm at now. Look what God has done in my life to help me get to where I'm at today. And that right there instantly gives me a new perspective. It instantly gives me a sense of somewhat, you know, joy, even in, you know, kind of challenging situations. So if you are struggling today, um, just try to look back at a past situation that you were able to overcome and realize that you're no different in this situation. You can overcome it. I promise you. So just, just stay focused, stay present, learn from the past, plan for your future. 
I love it. I love that so much. Um, one of the things I do is I actually journal. I write every day. I type it up. And whenever I'm having those days as well, like you, I go back and I read days where I had a worry or I was thinking about something or I had a fear. And then I see the next day, the day after, all the things that happened, the ways that I was supported that I could never have anticipated. And I always remind myself, if it happened then, it's going to happen again in the future. So it's amazing to be able to look back and to remind ourselves of that. So the you know the the podcast is live the width of your life and it's tied to a Diane Ackerman quote that says I don't want to reach the end of my life and realize I just lived the length of it I want to have lived the width of it as well so what does living the width of the life of your life mean to you and how do you live that way yeah I have a famous acronym once again I need I learned it from a man named Jim Click and it I, I may have shared this with you as well, but I love sharing this with the my audience is it's it's hope and it's help one person every day and the whole concept this is like literally the premise of my life is don't ever underestimate the power of helping one person every day because by you helping that person and giving them some advice or helping them through a situation. They can take the knowledge you've given them and help other someone else. And by the time you've helped five people, chances are you've actually probably helped 20 or 30 people. By the time you've helped 10 people, you've probably actually helped 100 people. It's a compound effect of you subconsciously not even knowing that you're helping all of these people by just giving advice to that one person. And don't ever underestimate that. And it's a simple acronym called HOPE, help one person every day. And I try to live by that. And I really do like, you know, hopefully today on this podcast or, you know, in my cancer group or doing my coaching calls with my clients or, um, you know, going on and speaking, whatever it might be. I just want to help one person at least every single day and make that everlasting impact in their life. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Give back service. I am so grateful, Matt, to know you. I'm so grateful that you came on this show, uh, honored that you are sharing your story, your experience with my listeners and also with the community that you are serving. How can we best serve you? What are all the ways that this group can support you? Where can they follow you? How can they reach out to you if um, they'd like to hire you to be a speaker or a coach? Can you share some of those details with us? Absolutely. So really, um, if you just want to hear my full story and know a little bit more about everything, um, go on to my website at mattodespeaks.com. You can hear my whole story. And if you do are looking for a speaker, you can book me through there. Um, if you are looking through coaching, you can also go through there and I have all my Instagram um, or sorry, social media links. You can go on to there. And just shoot me a message. Um, you know, I have a YouTube channel that I, if you, I'd love for you to check out. Um, and me and Lauren actually created a channel. We have to get back to it, but it's called Dating After Diagnosis. And it's my journey and her journey together where we kind of just share our experiences through cancer and how it's helped us grow and stronger and just becoming better, um, you know, individuals in our relationship. And then finally, if you are impacted by cancer, in any shape or form, like you're a caregiver, you're a patient, or you're a survivor, please follow me on Facebook just at Matt Odie. And my cancer Facebook group is called Cancer Patient Slash Survivor Taking Back Your Life from Cancer. You can just message me on Facebook, say, hey, I, I saw your podcast through um, you know, Anita's podcast, and I'd love to join your group. 
I will get you in immediately. But please, it's an incredible family. It's a community. And all I'm trying to do is give back. Um, and I want to help you, you know, really go to that next level in life. So um, thank you again, Anita. Seriously, um, I hope we, you know, gave some, uh, you know, amazing uh, advice and, and, you know, some things to your audience today. I have no doubt that people will absolutely benefit and that you have helped one person every day, uh, including many people today. I will make sure to include all of your detail in the show notes below. And I'm so grateful that we have this time together today. Continued success to you, Matt, and to Lauren. Thank you, Anita, and you as well. Thank you.